So what was the story coming out of uh, Virginia last week? Oh, my gosh. We just narrowly avoided disaster. If they wouldn't have put all those fences up, if they wouldn't have had the police presence out there, it would have been blood in the streets is what we would have is what we would have read. Thank goodness the uh, the progressive Republican or the progressive uh, Democratic governor rushed to the aid to make sure that no harm befell the great state capital or anybody else in Virginia. Unfortunately, there's something called freedom of the press. And according to the FBI's own court filings, there's a different story to tell. One in which white extremists stumbled from one surveillance trap to another without any awareness of what was really going on. The FBI had this this small group of three people under surveillance the entire time. But as if that's not enough, the New York Times, the Associated Press and BuzzFeed centered around the arrest of three men, William Billborough, uh, Brian Lemley and Canadian national Patrick Matthews. They're all members of what's called the base. Now, this is a white supremacist organization that interacts mostly online, aims to create a white ethno state. Now, the the media implied the group was arrested while planning an attack at the Virginia rally. That's definitely how the story's read. Yeah, that, that was the, that was the deal. That was really what they did. Yeah. Yeah. According to the FBI documents that were submitted to court. No, that's not what happened. Hmm. At first. Now, it's three guys. It's three guys. Three. And uh, first, they decided not to go to the rally. They were going to go to the rally, and then they said no. And the FBI has all of this. They decided no. They're not going to start any violence. They were just going to wait in Delaware for the race riots to begin. And as soon as the race war began, they would be prepared. So during the rally, they were going to a shooting range in Delaware where they could practice their skills and make sure they were ready for the race war that they were sure was right around the corner. And then they would watch it and see who was participating in it and who those three could join. Records show police were long in position to present the, for, prevent these men from successfully attacking anyone. The FBI had been tracking their movements since, since September 2019 and installed video and audio recording devices inside their Delaware home. <sighs> Here's the plan. As spoken from the leader to another one in the group, all on tape. Now listen to this and see if anything jumps out. So this, so like this plan of mine, it was like, this is like an Adderall idea. I mean, I really, it didn't click until I took an Adderall. And then I was like, oh crap, I got a plan. So uh, this is what I'm thinking. First of all, does that sound like a scary guy? Does that sound like a guy who could pull off anything? (laughs) Okay. Instead of going to Richmond, now listen up. Why don't we like take a look at a map? And find a gun range that's like in, you know, an outer county or a campground. We'll spend the weekend training and camping. 
And while we uh, pay close, close attention to the news and live streams, and uh, that way, if it's go time, we're already in position. And we can then watch and then link up with, you know, our, our whatever, our national socialist forces that happen to be there on the scene. Did you, did you notice the words <laughs> na- national socialists? Huh. Did you? Huh. What does that mean? Hmm? There's no, uh, there's no candidate in, in the race here that is saying that they're a socialist, are they? There's no. None of those. No. Okay, good. They're probably, if they were, I will tell you this, yeah. on the Republican side, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, they, of course they are. The Republican socialism yeah. is a big thing yeah. these days. Yeah, yeah big, big, big. Mm-hmm. Well, base well, members <laughs> did talk in vague terms about attacking the demonstration. Attacking the demonstration. Now, why would you attack the demonstration? Hmm. You're attacking the the people that were in trouble were not inside the Capitol. The people that were in trouble were the ones standing for the Constitution. That bothered the white nationalists. Strange how that works. Yeah. By the way, it's nice that the gov- the, the state government disarmed all those people. So if they were attacked, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't about do it. a darn mm-hmm. thing. So Matthews and Lemley traveled to and from a Maryland gun range where they intended to camp out during the rally, um, returning to their Delaware residence and being arrested. Early in the morning, January 16th, federal agents executed federal arrest warrants for Lemley and Matthews at the Delaware residence before Lemley and Matthews submitted to the agents. However, they both smashed their cell phones and dumped them into the trash can. Their activity was fully captured on video and audio surveillance installed in their home that is why the governor declared a state of emergency incredible incredible there's i mean that's nothing it's nothing and it was all under control and not only was the fbi all over it had them under constant surveillance not only that they were national socialists mm-hmm. that were going to attack the rally goers You'll notice that uh, the governor wasn't talking about protecting the rally goers. He was talking about protecting the Capitol and protecting the people inside of the Capitol. He didn't give a flying crap that the evidence showed that the real target was the rally goers. That is, I mean, how long is this going to last? How long is this going to last before the people finally just rise up and say enough is enough? I mean, I think that there is a real chance that they lose Virginia, that Virginia goes to to Trump hard. Really? I mean, they just went big to the Democrats in 2018. Right. But that's because the Republicans didn't. The Republicans failed. They didn't put up enough people that were good. They didn't have anybody that was really representing them. And I have to tell you, I know I'm really active as a constitutionalist. I know there's nothing that's going to stop me from voting because I know what I'm up against. If I'm in Virginia with this kind of stuff going on, are you not going out to the polls? A lot of this stuff moves reflexively as well. You know, if you are in a state where you're seeing massive pushback against your rights uh, as far as the Second Amendment goes, you're a lot of times those those elections bounce back the other way quickly. We saw that in Colorado over the past few years where mm-hmm. they passed a lot of big gun, gun restrictions and then elected some republicans afterwards you see that you see that a decent amount where it just snaps right back uh, so that could be something i mean virginia has had some close elections lately some republicans have almost won in that state 
Uh, you know, it wasn't really a borderline state in the presidential election, but you could see that as a. Re- I mean, look, you not only have a guy who's dressing, you know, putting blackface on and somehow surviving the scandal as your governor. He's the guy who's saying abortion after birth is something we should consider. He's the guy with all sorts of Second Amendment restrictions. He's doing the Bernie Sanders playbook, right? He's going down that road. Not as far as Bernie would go, but he is on that road. On that road. Yes. And so there could be a big pushback against that. You had the governor saying last week, these people are not coming for a peaceful protest. They're coming to intimidate and to cause harm. He said that about the rally goers. He said everybody that's coming is just nothing but white nationalists. The governor knew because of the FBI, he knew that there were only three people, three, that were targeting the rally goers. And so what does he do? He declares a state of emergency, which the FBI would not have given him the indication, I'm sure, based on three people that, oh, yeah, you need a state of emergency, gave him all kinds of power. Then he come out, he comes out and he says they're here to intimidate and cause harm. No, they were there to intimidate and cause harm the, to the constitutionalist because they were national socialists. They were not against you, brother. GQ claimed bloodshed, great and heavy, and perhaps unprecedented on American soil, was narrowly averted. Mm. Oh, yeah. Was it? Unprecedented in Virginia? American bloodshed in, on Virginia soil? <laughs> unprecedented at a rally? I think that's a hard one to make, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> a little history work yeah. that needs to be done yeah, on that I mean, one. I know you don't go past, you know, uh, uh, you know, 1970, but maybe go back uh, 110, 110 years. All right, so let's look at the uh, polls. Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. Joe Biden yesterday came out and said, you know, it's important on who you pick as a vice president, but my pick for vice president really has to be carefully chosen <laughs> because I'm old. I don't think this guy wants to win. <laughs> it doesn't seem like I it just sometimes. Don't think, look, there's a lot of people saying that I'm corrupt, and hey, who knows? Could be. But vote for me. <laughs> I mean, it's weird. It's an odd approach. I will say maybe it's smart to lean into it, you know, and just say, look, yeah, I mean, I got to make sure I pick up somebody because I am old. I mean, that, everyone's thinking it. What are you going to do? Hide it? You know, <laughs> the, the information is out there that he's 712 years old. So you might as but well only, admit it. Only people are thinking that. Like, you do think of Bernie Sanders as old, but you look at him as a guy who's just like, I don't know what. It, I mean, I don't know what he's taken. I, maybe he's got that Nazi, you know, super soldier drug that just keeps him going. He's been dead for 15 years, but he's just keep going. <laughs> I mean, he seems like he's just a heart attack didn't slow him down. Yeah, no, you he, know? He, Donald Trump. He's he's oh totally yeah. he's old, but he doesn't seem old at all. He, only people who are thinking it is because look at him. And it's his performance level yeah, really more horrible. than anything else. It horrible. just doesn't seem like he's as sharp as he needs to be. Right. It's not. I don't mean look at him like look yeah. at he's got gray hair. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like he's in his seventies, and you think, oh well, he he might not be healthy. It's not like he's you know, it doesn't mean like you're like, oh, he's he's going to have a heart attack and collapse. It's more of like, is he mentally Is he capable acute? of doing it? Yeah. And, and that, he's made such a rapid decline in yeah. four years. It's a little scary. What are the next four years going to be like? Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about here, we had the 
new polls have come out, and they come out in Iowa all the time. They're kind of all over the board, and it's so hard to make sense of what they mean. Why? Is it just because mm-hmm. polls suck? Like a legitimate question? Or is it just that they're asking all different people? How does this work? And there's a great example that just came out over the past couple of days. Two different polls. One poll showed, I think, Bernie Sanders up by seven or nine uh, over Joe Biden. And another poll coming out today uh, that shows Joe Biden leading by two. They're like right next to each other. They're both asking people in Iowa, what's the problem here? What's the flaw? And this is why a lot of times you see these polls with like wildly different results. And it's easy to just kind of think, well, these, they just don't know what the heck they're doing, right? They're just asking people and they're, they don't, they're screwing this up. That's kind of like how I used to feel about it. There's a great example here of why that happens. So it comes down to basically what the likely voter screen. They're trying to figure out, these pollsters, who's likely to vote. So if you went and you asked someone, uh, hey, who are you going to vote for? They said Bernie Sanders. And then you said, how old are you? I'm seven. You know not to include that, Correct. right? Like yeah. that's an yeah, easy yeah, yeah. likely right. voter screen. They're not right. likely to vote. They're right. not 18. Right. But it gets more complicated. So these two polls, listen to the difference. Way, in which way would you answer this? I don't even know. So one poll asked, are you going to caucus? Are you likely to go caucus? And those, the person said yes. Do you include those people in the poll? Yes. You'd think yes, right? Mm-hmm. The other poll also asked, are you likely to caucus? But then followed up with a screen to try to figure out whether they were telling the truth or not. Okay? So the telling the truth, here are the levels. They had to fail all of these tests to not be included. Um, it was... Uh, are you going to the caucus? Are you going to the caucus was the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have... Um, this is, uh, hold on, I'm scrolling down. I, I, here we go. Um, so... Did you vote in 2018? Did you vote in 2016? Uh, did you... Um, did you... Uh, let's see, where's the other one? Did you... Oh. Did you? Did, if you fail one of those... So, like, if I yeah. had... If I voted 2016, but I didn't vote no, in 2018... You only, get, you only have to get one of them. You only have to get one. You yeah. have to answer no on all of these. And it was... It, did you caucus in one of the years? And um, I think it was where you registered in one of the other years. Okay. So again, you might say, well, this person didn't vote in 2016, one of the biggest presidential election years. They didn't vote this last time. Right. They weren't even, they didn't caucus in 2016. This, this person's not not likely to vote. So one pollster says, we're not going to include them. Okay. So the people who say, we're not going to include those voters who didn't vote in those previous elections, that poll shows it very close with Joe Biden leading. The other poll that does include people who never voted before, didn't caucus before, but say they're going to caucus this time, that one shows a big lead for Bernie Sanders. Okay, so now that makes sense on both ways. Yeah. Because Bernie Sanders people probably didn't do any of that stuff before because they didn't believe in it or they didn't think that they had the right candidate or they weren't old enough. Right. So... It could be that they just got excited by Bernie. It could be that Correct. there's a million different reasons why Correct. they might come out Correct. to vote. However, so which one do you believe? They, were, they are not reliable voters, probably. Right? They're people that didn't bother to show up two years ago in a very highly publicized election. They didn't caucus. They didn't go in 2016. Some of them might have been under 18, so that, that would explain it. Mm-hmm. But some of them also might just not have been that interested in it. Are they going to be interested to go out and caucus this time? And it's a fascinating thing to see because the, these pollsters actually have to make really difficult decisions like that all the time. Right. Well, and, but you had to make the same. Bernie Sanders, yeah. in many ways, is the Donald Trump of the of the left. 
he he's bringing in new voters, people who haven't voted for a long time, people who have been disgusted by the system, people that have wanted to change. Those voters, yes, they are unreliable, but not if the candidate is strong enough to really make them believe he'll do these things. And Bernie Sanders is like Donald Trump. He will do those things. Yeah, I, I pulled a an ad from, I think it was like Reddit uh, the other day, and it was an ad to people to support Bernie Sanders. And it was it was titled as like, we've never had someone like this. It's true. This close to the presidency. Mm-hmm. They've never, I mean, this totally, when they were, the way this is written, Glenn, reminded me exactly of these James O'Keefe videos that keep coming out, of these people who are in the campaign who have never seen the possibility of a socialist in their entire lives to be president. And this guy is this close. And that, if he loses, imagine God only knows what these people are going to do. Imagine a, a, a libertarian, a real libertarian president who could be the nominee of the GOP. Do you know how the libertarians, they're not staying at home and they may not have voted in 10 years or mm-hmm. their whole life, but they would not stay home. I think the same thing is true with Bernie Sanders. All right, welcome to the uh, program. I just want to go over the uh, coronavirus a little bit just because I uh, read this uh, story. Corona beer virus searches (laughs) are now spiking on Google. (laughs) As news of the coronavirus outbreak continues to travel across the world, people are worried about what could happen. Naturally, there have been many articles, live blogs, news bulletins, etc. The lethal strain of uh, coronavirus is suspected to have been originated from seafood or bat soup. Mm. In Wuhan, China, some people worried there's another cause for this, and that's why the trends on Google now are showing searches for coronavirus beer, virus corona beer. They some people think that it might happen from beer. It doesn't. Uh, just so you know, too, uh, if you get sick after corona beer, that's a hangover. That's not right. a. That is not a. That's not a virus. Right. And we should say it's novel corona, mm-hmm. right? So the coronavirus is around all the time. You probably yeah. have had that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's about thirty percent of all upper respiratory infections yeah. uh, come from this. And corona just means a crown. It, it's shape. When you yep. look under a microscope, it looks like a crown. Mm-hmm. That's all it means. So, um, but it, but it, Budweiser this... would like you to remember <laughs> that there's a crown on Corona beer as well. So you don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Weird advice from that. Yes, I'm. Uh, you know, Anheuser Busch, uh, St. Louis, Louis, Missouri. Missouri. Okay, so let's just go through some of this because it looks like it is it is spreading rapidly, and we don't know if China is telling us the truth or not. Uh, and we're going to go over some of this stuff tonight on uh, television, uh, but we're going to talk to an actual uh, – what do, you, what do you call him? Uh, epidemiologist. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, a guy who this is his life to study these things. He's going to give us all the real information on this. But it um, it looks like this is has been going on maybe a little while longer than what China has said because there were a lot of death certificates of unknown cause. Yeah, a lot yeah. of that and a lot of uh, them not like, for example, there's the story of the the mayor of the city where all this is going on going to not telling people about it um, because he had to get approval from 
central the central government mm-hmm. and it's like a scene out of chernobyl yeah. these communist governments are still doing the same things yeah. if you watch that hbo miniseries that was the whole thing they wouldn't react they wouldn't tell people they hid the thing and made it much worse for a while it seems like the same thing is going on here all right so let's uh let's talk about the worst virus that has ever happened uh in modern history we know it as the Spanish flu or the flu pandemic of 1918. Now, there's something technically uh, called the R naught, N O U G H T, R dash naught. And all viruses have an R naught factor to them. And what it is is how easily is this spread from one person to another? For instance, it's a zero to 20 scale, and a smallpox is about 16 to 18. So super high, super high. So it means one person will infect 16 to 18 people. Okay. That's super, super high. The R naught of the Spanish flu, which again killed, am I mistaken? Killed a third of the population on earth. It was infect, it infected, infected a, third a third of the third. population and it killed 10% of those people. So about the total death toll, they believe somewhere between 20 and 50 million people died from it, okay. including about 675,000 Americans. Yeah, and it was, uh, there 500 million people were infected yeah. uh, with this, uh, this flu in 1918. And this is the pandemic that everybody has been worried about. Bird flu. What was its R not with bird flu? Uh, you know? sw- I have swine flu Swine here, flu. Uh, which was the H1N1. Remember that yes. thing? That was 1.5 on the scale. 1.5. The f- influenza um, outbreak of 1918, Spanish flu, was 1.8 okay. on the scale. So far, now these are early numbers, and so these can change. But the R not of this is between 1.4, so it would put it in the Spanish flu territory. Mm-hmm. To as high as 3.8. That is devastating, if that is true. Um, Normal flu is about 1.2. Right, and so, how many people get the flu every... Yeah, you, you, know, mean, you, you know people for sure. So, I mean, three point, if, it, if it is legitimately 3.8, it's a massive, massive problem. Uh, th- there's a lot of doubt on that. It's, it's in some ways seen as your worst case scenario like you have these like global warming estimates that have us all dying in three years uh, and a lot of times it may they may be right maybe it does warm but it doesn't go to that worst case this is seemingly the worst case scenario but a scary one one that we better start preparing for if i were the president's advisor today i would be saying please mr president free up the funds to make sure we're working on a vaccine which we are they mm-hmm. think they might be three uh, three months away from a vaccine but that's a long time. And also, that doesn't mean that they have it for you. That means that they have right, it. they have they, it. And then they got to start figuring out how to produ- you know, produce it and, and remember reproduce that it. And most of our medicines now are made in China. Uh, we don't make a lot of medicines here anymore because of all kinds of restrictions. So we don't make them. China makes most of our medicine. Now, this is the first thing that I worry about because I don't... I don't know. We're we're due for a pandemic, and I hope this isn't it. I pray this isn't it. Um, but this is what it would look like at the beginning. And I'm not sure we're getting the truth out of the Chinese government, the communists uh, in China. Uh, they now have, they say, 65 million people are quarantined. 
Yesterday, I think it was 57 million were quarantined. So this is going up. They're gobbling whole cities. Well, one of the cities that they gobbled was the steel mill or the steel industry. They're Pittsburgh, if you will. A lot of the world's steel comes from this city. Well, because they shut it down and fear of this pandemic is there, the bus system wasn't working. The subway system wasn't working. Nobody's out on the streets. They're all being told to stay inside. So the steel industry has closed its doors in China. Now, if this goes on for months, what does that mean about for cars? What does that mean for homes, for buildings, not just in China, but all around the world? They produce $4 billion worth of goods shipped to the U.S. every day. And not all of those expensive, you know, inexpensive clothes or toys on Amazon. 92% of Apple smartphones and watches are made in China. And Apple is already talking about what do we do if we are closing down in China. 35% of automobile parts are made in China. China produces 65% of all microchips and over 70% of the world's supply of uh, 4G and 5G antennas. The travel and shipping also being disrupted. American Airlines made a decision this week, yesterday, to cancel all inbound flights into China except for Hong Kong. Chinese shipping giant Costco also announced expected delays due to, due to cur- curfews being uh, set in Shanghai that prevent 24-hour dock activity. Stocks are holding up, but this could be a black swan sort of uh, event. Manufacturing logistics support for the global supply chain is on high alert. Apple is at risk. Amazon, Walmart... And if the viral outbreak and related economic disruption in China extends for weeks or months, disruptions to the global supply chains for those companies heavily reliant on cheap Chinese labor and shipping puts all of those uh, those groups at risk for real financial impact. This could be, if it is a pandemic, could be a game changer for the Trump administration in the election. Because this could change all of the economic news overnight. The biggest risk on this, beyond the, the human toll that is possible, beyond the, the, the risk of the economy, the biggest risk, the biggest foe, the biggest problem that this could cause is... Communism, it is much more viral and dangerous than the coronavirus. We are seeing it in our own nation. And with a, an economic, real economic hardship, and the way this press and the way the, the socialist and the national socialist and the people who have been biding their time waiting for a moment like this, that's when that shoe drops. And whoever is president, if it gets bad and the economy falls apart, it's going to cause them, well, it'll put them in the position of FDR. What do you do? 
What do you do? We know what George Bush did. He violated the free market to save the free market. Hopefully none of this happens, but you should prepare just in case. I told a couple of, I told a couple of executives uh, yesterday that I was speaking to, and I said, this is probably not going to happen. I mean, I talked to the Blaze yesterday. It's probably not going to happen, but if there is a quarantine, if there, it, it would come to Dallas, how does this situation work? How do we broadcast every day? Because I'll tell you something, if, if it looks like the infection is spread by large groups, I'm not going to church. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'll do everything from home. How does your business operate? Are you prepared for something like this? Hopefully, this won't happen. Hopefully, we have this down here in America. But as of yesterday, there were 67, 67 cases in the United States. Yeah, if you remember SARS, which has a similar R not number to uh, to the novel coronavirus that we're dealing with now, that infected that hit. Uh, let's see, five thousand two hundred and thirty-seven people in mainland China killed eight hundred people across the world. This one's already above that officially at five thousand nine hundred and seventy-four infected. Uh, researchers in China believe the actual number to be more like forty-four thousand. Uh, so, and we've seen whistleblowers. What was the whistleblower number? Some, the the whistleblower nurse. number was 90,000. 90,000. 90, so we don't know. Again, none of those are confirmed, but knowing the Chinese government, not necessarily uh, open with such things. Right. So, it can, I mean, it does seem to be spreading at an alarming rate. And this is something that it might, it doesn't mean that you're going to die. It doesn't mean your kids are going to die. But it does mean that it could uh have a massive impact on a lot of people particularly elderly people across the world uh and uh, as well is it could have a massive economic uh, uh, impact i mean like british airways stopped all flights to china o- over a billion people live in china british airways a global airline stopped all flights to the country president trump said yesterday that airlines have the right in america because the airlines were saying do we have to fly over there what do we do and President Trump said yesterday, you have the right to cancel any flight that you want to cancel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it looks like American carriers will be doing that. But if you were if you were working and your office was sending you to China, would you go? No. I wouldn't either. I'd get out, but I well, certainly wouldn't go. How good is the bat soup? Well, the bat soup there is true. Oh, okay. It's, if it's good bat no, soup, it's good bat I gotta soup. go. Yeah, no, you're yeah. not getting bat soup like that anyplace <laughs> else. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we thought we would mix it up a bit just uh throw in an interesting story uh here on the uh program listen to this venezuela president nicolas maduro is now considering sharing uh selling shares of the country's state-owned oil company hmm The sales could offer a source of financial relief for Maduro, which has struggled since facing sanctions from countries around the world. Selling the control of the state-owned oil company would be a drastic step for Venezuela's socialist government and its history of state-owned entities. Though Venezuela is one of the world's most oil-rich countries, the widespread sanctions have caused economic and humanitarian cries throughout the country as citizens struggle to uh, afford basic things like food. 
Now, here's what's interesting. He's thinking about selling the state-owned oil company, which I believe is where the socialists began. (laughs) They're now undoing the things that caused the, the problem. They're undoing the socialism. To see if they can feed their people. Right, because they were producing lots of oil until the government took it over, and yep. now they've had all these issues. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to go, this is what happens, though. All How, the time, yeah, over seen, and over and over again. We've seen it in China. We've seen it in, in Russia. Russia. We've seen it in I mean, Poland, the, the Georgia. The only we haven't seen it is North Korea, and look how that's turned out. Right. I mean, you have one of two choices. You can continue going down that uh, highway, and you end up like North Korea, or you turn around and go, you know, this isn't really a good idea. It's not working. And uh, lo and behold, your people are starting to live decent lives. Wake up, America. (laughs) You're listening to Glenn.